Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a new day, a new year, a new view for The Healthy Garden Podcast and all you Healthy Garden Podcasters. We are pleased to be back with all of you and are grateful for all of the listeners and subscribers who downloaded the Healthy Garden podcast last year. Thank you. Norm and I moved to the new urban farm in September and have been busy cleaning, clearing, and creating the new orchard, the food garden, and the other architectural features that will make our place not only highly functional, but also very beautiful. We're all at home more and more these days. And the function of beauty in our gardens is becoming a more important element than just growing some food or some pretty plants. We've had the chance to step back and really assess the space that we are growing in and more importantly living in. The indoor and the outdoor have become one. For many of us, the only park space, the only open space, the only free space that we have is our garden at home. 2021 is the year of functional beauty. We are going to be discussing all of the true organic protocols in further detail as we recap where we are in the garden and where we are going in the garden. Everything for us is on the table on every inch of land that we have surrounding our house. We have had a chance to see the end of summer, watch the change through fall, slip in and out of winter, which is common in Southern California. Some days it's hot, and some days it's cold. We have felt the lack of water here and are making that a priority for us moving forward. This episode, episode number 46, Gardening with Rainwater, was born out of the lack of precipitation that we are seeing here this winter, where we are here in California. It's historically dry, and we are in another drought. In fact, the whole state is. After a year of finally being out of drought, we have slipped back into that uncomfortable place. The west coast of the U.S. is a strange, strange place. California can move into a drought while up in Oregon, on the farm, we are experiencing historic rains with what meteorologists are calling an atmospheric river. It's dropped 13 inches of rain in the upper Willamette Valley since the beginning of December. That is some serious rain, which is good because most of Oregon has also been in a drought, as has much of eastern Washington. So what we've decided to do here in La Granja, that's farm in Espanol, is to capture and use as much rain and moisture from fog and dew as we can. We just had our first blast of rain, and it was a good one two inches in one day with lightning and thunder. Fury the Wonder Dog was not happy. He was like, what the hell is this? Where's my sun bath? And don't think I'm going out there to go to the bathroom. He did. Treats, treats, and more treats. Enough about the Wimp Dog. We realized that not only is sustenance and safety through our own food production critical now, And relying on a market system of big ag is not something that you will want to keep doing. That system is going to break 
And if we stay in COVID crisis, it could be much sooner than later. Along the same lines is our concern for water safety and availability. I don't feel comfortable relying on the government, the municipal agencies, or any of those other types of suppliers for our water. What was one of the first things that the government in Venezuela cut when they needed to show who was the boss? Water. Since we're home, since we're growing food, since we're harvesting food, let's start harvesting some agua. Compost, compost, compost. That is the rallying cry for 2021. If you are going to grow true organic, then you have one choice if you're buying compost. Booze Blend from Malibu Compost. The only real, farm-made, true organic, non-GMO compost on the market. Get it at your local nursery, grow shop, hardware store, feed and farm supply, or at www.malibucompost.com and get it today. to the world am like a drop of water that in the ocean seeks another drop who falling there to find his fellow forth unseen inquisitive confounds himself from the comedy of errors by William Shakespeare water we thirst for it we sail upon it we watch it shimmer in the moonlight every living thing on earth needs it to survive As a noun, it is defined as the liquid that descends from the clouds as rain forms streams, lakes, and seas and is a major constituent of all living matter and that when pure is an odorless, tasteless, very slightly compressible liquid oxide of hydrogen H2O. Water cools my body and my soul. It rains over the earth so that we can survive. It has been one of the great jobs for man, for eternity, to find ways to harvest and harness the rain, the gift from heaven, 
that is a living force for all. Rainwater harvesting refers to the collection of rainwater in an effort to cover the inconsistencies in the weather patterns of nature. Archaeologists have noted that civilizations become more advanced when they became skilled at saving and distributing water. The use of cisterns to store rainwater can be tracked all the way back to the Neolithic age. By late 4000 BC, the water management systems being created for farming led to the use of waterproof lime plaster cisterns being built into the floors of houses in the villages of the Levant. It was a large area in Southwest Asia, south of the Taurus Mountains, between the Mediterranean Sea to the west and Mesopotamia to the east. The process of rainwater harvesting developed further around 2000 BC in India, China, and Mesopotamia, and became formalized in a more modern sense in ancient Rome. In India, the ancient cities of the Indus Valley had huge vats cut into rock to collect rainfall that ran hundreds of miles through stone gullies that weave their way through the city to bring water to the people for personal use and for farming. In Israel, cisterns were built to store runoff from hillsides for agricultural and domestic use. Those ruins of those cisterns are still standing today. The ancient Anasazi of the southwestern U.S. carefully created trenches in the natural contours of the mountains and plateaus to bring water to villages and cliff dwellings for drinking, crop irrigation, and for their livestock, which is not a word that I really like to use. Early pioneers in North America collected rainwater in barrels for use in laundering, bathing, and other cleaning operations because of its natural softness. This coined the phrase hard water because the groundwater and some of the surface waters were too hard to work with. Hence, the term is something that we still use today. The high mineral content combined with the tallow and fats used in making soap of that era created soap curd that hampered laundry, bathing, and cleaning. Also, along remote locations, Along the Great Lakes and coastal regions of North America, lighthouses were designed with catchments to divert rainwater to a cistern. Some of those cisterns were constructed of wood and hold water still today after more than 150 years. In Japan, ancient villages over 500 years old used a simple rainwater catchment that was built into each structure and stored in barrels with overflows routed to surface ponds and piped down to lower areas where their crops were being tended. The grounds of the common area were designed to make excess water flow away from structures via a stone wick to reduce flooding. All of the materials used in construction of the rainwater system were gathered locally and constructed with wood from indigenous trees. In the Australian outback, where population densities are very low, rainwater capture is essential to survival where groundwater is either not available or is too deep to pump to the surface. The use of domestic rainwater tanks has been a long-standing practice throughout Australia and is still common today. So we've looked at the history of the practice of rainwater harvesting. 
Now let's look at some of the other facts that support why we, you, me, all of us, need to harvest rainwater today. Today, rainwater capture is used across the world. In Gansu, China, more than 10 million people have a water supply supported by rainwater. That's amazing, which also allows them to garden and have animals to help sustain their families. Without it, they could not survive. In sub-Saharan Africa, crop yields have increased due to rainwater harvesting. In India, over a thousand schools are outfitted with rainwater catchment systems. More than a million homes in Australia capture rainwater. The residents of Bermuda and other island countries get fresh water from rainwater harvesting technology. Globally, rainwater harvesting can improve water access to help meet growing needs of a thirsty world. Some 1.2 billion people lack access to safe drinking water across the globe. It's been estimated that by 2050, the amount of food needed to feed the world is expected to double. Growing crops to feed the world is going to take water, and a lot of it. Even though the earth looks blue from space. Did you know that only 3% of our water is fresh water? And three quarters of that is locked inside glaciers? That leaves us with just about 1% of the planet's water available for everyday uses like drinking, washing, and irrigation. For all of these reasons, we're looking at it and we're creating ways to harvest all of the water that we can on our urban farm. We have wells on our larger farms, but at home, we are stuck with municipal water. We don't even drink the water at our house. We are lucky to have it, but it is expensive and loaded with chlorine. There is no way to effectively water our half an acre with city water. So we have gotten busy collecting and harvesting water. And next, we're going to tell you how. Calling all veggie growers. You better start planting that spring garden now. Now, now. Malibu Compost, the only real farm-made, true organic, and non-GMO, has you covered. 
start off with their Booze Beginning Seed Starter, the only seed starter with Booze Blend compost in it. It's what your seedlings need to grow healthy. Then they've got Baby Booze Potting Soil for you to plant in, which is a standalone soil and the only potting soil tested out there for GMOs. Next, Top Dress or Amend with Booze Blend Compost, the most stellar compost ever made. And last, compost tea for fruits, vegetables, and tomatoes once a month, and your food garden will end up singing opera. Get these and all of the Malibu compost products at your favorite local nursery or shop, or get online at www.malibucompost.com. So for us, it started as an idea. We started looking at what natural ways we could harvest water from the slopes behind us, from the culvert that spills into our place, from the roof and from any other possible collection source on our property to water our garden. Of course, we've all heard about rain barrels, but for many people, that seems like too little water for the effort. It also seems like a hassle to many or a scary source of water to others because of all of the problems, in quote, that circulate around water from wives' tales, myths, and just misunderstanding some of the truths about water and water collection. So I'm going to look at some of those, but I want to say something to you guys. This year, moving forward in 2021, you're going to hear from us about every other week. Last year got a little crazy towards the end and at certain points, and and, um, we had a lot of things that we had to take care of uh, in terms of farm and in terms of moving to the new urban farm. But we'll be here every couple of weeks, and we're going to follow a lot of what we're doing and what other friends of ours are doing and what's happening um, around that we're seeing that people are doing to sustain their families and to disengage from the market system that people are so beholden to. So let's look at some of the myths and wives' tales before we jump into the pool of what we're doing over here on the farm. Number one, stored water goes bad. A lot of people believe this. I have glasses of water and bottles all over the house. 
not to mention the drinking water that we've used for years. Sometimes it sits in its bottles for months. It never goes bad. Chlorinated water will gas off and taste different, but it's not bad. So this is a myth. Number two, rainwater has high metal counts. The rainwater that falls into our yards and the soil that it falls on all have heavy metals. Look at any decent soil report and you'll find a heavy metals count. Multiple studies have been done on rainwater harvesting and the metal numbers of rain are safe. Three, rainwater must be treated if you are going to store it. A lot of people think this because they think they'll get E. coli from the bird and animal poop that's coming off the roof. Newsflash, the birds and animals poop in your garden too. Good composting, soil, and water management practices alleviate this problem. There's been a lot written and documented on the quality of rainwater coming off of roof structures and the parts per million or parts per billion of E. coli is very low and safe for watering the garden. Number four, collecting rainwater causes mosquito problems. Any place in the garden that has open, still water is a potential for mosquito outbreaks. Make sure to properly screen your rain barrels or your containers to keep the adult mosquitoes out so they cannot get in there and lay their eggs. If you are using an open source catchment, make sure to use the water as quickly as possible to eliminate the mosquito issue. Number five, plastic containers are toxic for rainwater capture. Easy fix for this one, gang. Use BPA-free or stainless steel tanks. Remember, we're looking at harvesting rainwater for use in watering our gardens. We are not going to use the water that we are currently harvesting at our place for drinking, although we have taken steps to be able to do that if we need to. But that's a different show, and there are many, many, many ways to purify and utilize your rainwater for drinking. Here's what we are doing on our urban farm to capture water. One, we're using 55-gallon BPA-free barrels to catch rain at three downspouts. At two of those downspouts, three barrels are being plumbed together. Remember, rain barrels are great, but they aren't enough if you really want to store water to irrigate the garden. For a point of reference, let's look at water coming off of a 30 by 50 roof. During a one inch shower, there are more than 900 gallons of water flowing off of that roof. That's a lot more than one 55 gallon drum. But as we always say on the podcast, do what you can do. Do not overwhelm yourself or you're not going to do it. If you can start with one downspout filling rain barrel, that is better than no rain barrels. Capiche? Two, we're incorporating swales and berms into the landscape to flow water into the orchard and the wells that we have created around our fruit trees. We are on a hillside with really good fall. 
We've enhanced the natural contours of the hillside to draw water toward the watering wells around the trees. This worked incredibly well during the first rainstorm over a week ago. We have not had to water anything in the orchard since that two inches of rain. Number three, drawing water from the concrete swales that flow into our property from the hillside behind us. We have a spot at the very top of the property where the native hillside runs into a culvert behind our neighborhood. At one point, it dips into our yard, through our fence, and then into a grate over a drain which spills into a very large metal culvert. We're diverting some of that drainage water from the rain onto the slope so that it can move along the natural contours and the soil swells and berms that have been created. This is a catchment practice that we are only doing when we are home during, during a storm. We put the rocks from the riprap back on the edge of that first drain after each rainstorm, in case we're not home during a rainstorm. Number four, we had a rock and cement landscape waterfall on the backside of the property that we turned off the day that we got here for feng shui reasons. We drained the original water out into the garden before we came in and started our garden demo and restructure. We are now using this as a dry stream with rocks and planting around it. We are leaving it open so that during rainstorms, we can catch that water for use in any garden area that is going to need watering next. What we did on the first storm was pump out the water in the first two drops in small collection ponds and pump that water with a hand pump into buckets, the buckets that we use for compost tea drenching. And then we watered the hedge in a couple of areas that needed water. We are going to pump the remaining two pools out this weekend and water other areas as well because we've had no rain for two weeks now. Using the dry stream this way just saved us a month's worth of watering. This is one way to conserve the water that goes into the rain barrels. Another really good thing that you can do if you're on clay soil you can actually dig some little little swales, little little um, little ponds, little pools, and let the water fill up in those, and then go ahead and utilize the water in the same way. Get yourself a bilge pump, a hand pump. They're great. Pump it into your watering can or a bucket, and go ahead and water with it. it works fantastic. Number five, and this is my favorite: build a fog, moisture, and dew still. This is going to come along in a later part of our creation of the urban farm because it is going to be incorporated in an upper stone pad and seating area. We get tons of coastal fog and morning dew where we live. We are going to build a solar still that will capture the moisture on a smooth stainless steel sheet. And then as the day heats up, the heat will create the droplets to fall off of the steel and into the stainless steel gutter, then into a stainless steel holding tank. We're so excited about this endless source of water for our garden. Endless. We're not waiting for rain, gang. It's coming every day. Using the heat and using um, the thermophilic energy of this type of still also, the water droplets that get onto the stainless steel are cleaned. And so what drops down into the gutter and then into the, the catchment 
is clean water that you literally can drink right there. It's distilled. You literally have distilled water on your property. So if you have salt, salty water, crappy water, you can go ahead and create, um, you know, uh, a sun still for capturing water that will be clean, potable, wonderful water. So our goal is to lower the amounts of water that we have to purchase from our municipal water carrier. We are hoping that we get to the point that we do not need to buy any water from them for our garden. This is one of the ways that we are looking at making our urban farm more self-sufficient and less reliant on outside inputs. Remember, you guys, as I always say about composting and other things that you put into your soil, same applies here. If you can control your inputs, then you can control your outputs. Adding the water harvesting to our other true organic protocols is definitely making us freer from the outside world, which I see and we see as a very uncertain world. And I love that freedom. The key to harvesting water is making it last. And how do we do that? We use the true organic protocols of composting the garden and inoculating with compost tea with frequency. This makes the soil have the water holding capabilities that will let water dissipate correctly in the soil while giving the microbes the moisture they need to thrive and your plants the water they need to uptake nutrient and thrive. We're all the same. Human, animal, plant, microbe, and we need water to quench our thirst, keep us hydrated, make our bodies perform whichever body we may be in. You know what I'm saying, gardening gang? Let's not waste any money on water companies. Let's keep that garden flourishing with our first hot tip for 2021, which is to get out there and start gardening with rainwater. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.